You are listening to the Snowcross Podcast, presented by Amsoil. This is the Snowcross Podcast, presented by Amsoil. I'm Haley Shanley, and I am getting so pumped. Christmas is right around the corner, and that means we are getting closer and closer to our season kickoff at ERX Motor Park in January. So keep your calendars marked. We're going to be seeing you there. Well, joining me today, I am so pumped to have this guy on the podcast. He's embarking on his third year in the pro class. Had a win this year. I know he wanted more, but he had a win on a whole new brand for him, Ski-Doo. He races for Warner Racing, the 221, Dan Benham. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to hop on the show with me. I know you're just coming back from the practice track. So tell me, how was your summer, and did you get out Oh, you know, much? summer is always good. It uh, seems to go by so fast all the time. But, yeah, I was able to do my fair share of moto. Um, I have a track right in my backyard, so... Yeah, that makes makes things really easy, and uh, yeah, spent some time at the lake, um, worked a little bit. Uh, yeah, had a had a good summer, but I'm excited to be back on the snow. That's awesome. I, w- I was a little caught off guard for some reason when I saw you and your dad up at Mora, and you were telling me on the business side. I understand you recently bought your first rental property this summer. <laughs> yeah, I did. I I figured, you know, I, I probably should get into something besides just racing snowmobiles. You know, that's not going to last forever. So uh, yeah, I ended up buying a uh, 13 unit apartment building, which has been uh, great so far. Um, I've definitely learned a lot. Uh, it's something that I'll definitely, you know maybe go for more properties in the future. But uh, yeah, it's been an experience, but it's been good. That's cool. Sure, you're staying busy, no doubt. Well, like today, (laughs) also busy, you were up riding. Are you at Aurora or where are you at? Yeah, I was up at the the climb compound up at Shearings there. And uh, yeah, we were doing some testing with Steve Hull uh, at Speedworks. Nice. How's that been going? And tell me about the 2021 sleds. Like how's, how's that whole process been for you? Uh, it's been really good. So the 2021 isn't a whole lot different, but they did make uh, some refinements. And uh, honestly, refinements can make a big difference. So the, the, the new sled is uh, really fun to ride, um, but it hasn't changed that much chassis-wise. So I was able to hop right on my uh, last year's suspension. Um, we already had a good baseline for clutching. So we were able to kind of hit the snow, you know, already running a pretty good pace. Mm-hmm. How good has it been to be around all the other riders and some of the mechanics? Like, it's just been a weird summer. We weren't sure if we were all going to make this season happen, and fingers crossed. But how much of a reunion has it been for you and everyone? Oh, for sure. It's cool when you show up to the track. It's, it almost feels normal again. You know, you can go talk with people. And, and people are definitely being more careful up there, for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's nice to just... Uh, get to go have you know conversation with everybody and yeah honestly the sport of snowcross is filled with uh, a lot of cool people i I feel pretty lucky to be involved Mm, for sure so very so much looking forward to erx that first race well what are your practice plans between now and then are you going to start practicing at erx i think they open up tomorrow or where are you going to be running for the next few weeks uh, I think we'll be up at uh, Shearings for maybe this weekend, possibly ERX when the uh, the track gets bigger. But honestly, Shearings has been uh, very good so far. But um, yeah, I know I think we'll probably, for the majority of the season, we'll be down at ERX just because it's uh, close to uh, Speedworks. Um, it just works uh, pretty well for testing. Nice. It sounds like I, I haven't been up to Aurora yet this season, but it seems like right when they opened, they had a decent sized track, almost a full size track for them. Has it grown any, or is it pretty much the same size as when they opened? 
You know, I don't know. I wasn't there when they opened. I was probably three weeks behind everyone else. I was uh, down south riding dirt bikes still. So it's been the same size ever since I've been there. Right on. Where where south were you riding? I was in Oklahoma. Oh, gotcha. (laughs) So it actually got really cold here right away and we got snow uh, like before anybody was even riding sleds. So I couldn't really ride sled or ride dirt bike. And I was just kind of getting driven nuts. So I (laughs) drove down south. That's so cool. Were you now, forgive me, you might have said this already. Were you racing or were you just riding for fun to cross train this summer? No, just riding for fun. Honestly, I haven't raced a dirt bike now for three or four years. Um, I still take it uh, very seriously. Like, mm-hmm. I don't just go and play around on my dirt bike. It's, it's always motos or just working on one thing or another. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And I love how you mashed it to your sled, too. That's sick. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about 2020. Rewind to last year. Give us your thoughts on how you felt you left things. Obviously, the season getting cut short, I think for a lot of people, they felt like they left a lot unsaid. Oh, for sure. There was definitely a lot on the table, I feel, for last year. I was just kind of really getting comfortable and really uh, starting to, like, fine-tune things for myself. Um, obviously, with a, a new manufacturer, a new team last year, uh, I didn't get off to the, the greatest start. But, um, you know, we all rallied together, worked really hard. And, yeah, by the end of the season, uh, things were going fantastic. And already this year, it's, it's been very good. I'm, I'm very excited for this coming year. And you did a lot with that year, you know, like you said, your first year on the skidoo. And, you know, it's it's hard to say this because you had such a great year, but are there any areas that you feel like you fell short, that you're going to be able to turn around this year? Or would you just chalk up any shortcomings in 2020 to a learning curve? Uh, honestly, I, I feel like I was decent in the heat races last year. I was able to get a lot of wins. And then just in the finals, I was never able to... Pull it together. And I know we have that, like, inverted start rule where you, you know, if you qualify one, you start 10th type of thing. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. But I just left some things on the table in the final, I felt like, last year. So, yeah, we got, yeah, we got to turn that around this year. Mm-hmm. Right on. Well, in regards to the schedule, have you heard anything from the racing rumor mill about what might happen to the weekend that was New York? Honestly, no, I haven't. I I don't really listen to a lot of rumors. I just wait till I'm told. But honestly, I would be just fine with it coming back to Minnesota or something like that for like round two year X or something. Like that would be cool to me because it's so close to home. But yeah, I'm as long as we got a, a good racetrack to go to, I don't care where it's at. For sure. We just want to see some racing. And yeah, very officially unofficial information. If I had to speculate and say what was going to be filled in there, I could easily see ERX stepping up. They did that in off-road and it's just, it's so centrally located and it's a badass track. So fingers crossed. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, with like, I'm looking at the, all the guys coming back this year, like we got Adam coming back. um, Aki, I heard is possibly coming back, which is great. And uh, those are some super talented guys. And I think there's, I mean, there's got to be close to 10 of us who can, you know, seriously ride a sled. So I think the pro class is going to be, it's a pretty deep field. And uh, hopefully we can just get on some big tracks like ERX to, you know, to really showcase, you know, the battles that are going on. And uh, hopefully we're not just single file around a small track somewhere. 
Most definitely. I'm glad you, you mentioned that about the all, all the talent coming in this year. It's been such a relief over the last few weeks to see more and more of our European riders and Canadians committing and able to come to the States, and they're certainly starting to arrive. But let me ask you about the newcomers, your teammate, Francis, who I think has the speed to run with y'all. How has training been with him, assuming he's down there, or if he's not, what have you heard? Well, he, uh, I haven't seen him yet this year, but I know he's been on the slide for Oh God, a long time since like Halloween night, <laughs> guys. But uh, no, we we call him Frank uh, with the team. Um, he's a, just a gnarly guy. Um, it's cool when we ride together because we, you know, we'll just push each other the whole time. Or, you know, we're definitely not scared to <laughs> to rub each other, even though the, the mechanics absolutely hate it. <laughs> so riding with him is really good because um, he's really good at points where I'm bad at, and vice versa. So it, uh, yeah, it works pretty good. And what about Hunter Patnode? Obviously not your teammate, but another newcomer into the class. What do you think he's going to be bringing to pro? Oh, absolutely. I think both Hunter and Francis are going to be, yeah, I think they're going to be solid top five guys for sure. It, and I wouldn't surprise me if either of them get a win here and there. Or, yeah, they're going to be, I think they're going to be right on pace for mm-hmm. sure. Well, kind of jumping back to 2020, um, sorry, kind of jumping around here. I, I, one thing I did want to ask you about is Blair Morgan. I had a chance to catch up with him and kind of ask him about all the skiddy riders who he's helped out and lent some expertise to. So how is it working with him and what's he been all teaching you? Oh, it's been really good getting to work with him. Honestly, I didn't really know him that well before uh, last season. And yeah, we get along really good. And obviously, he's got so much knowledge in the sport, uh, motocross or snowcross, um, just racing in general. So he brings up some really good points, uh, just things to look for uh, while we're out there on the track. And yeah, he's just a good guy to, to have around for honestly all the skidoo riders. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And speaking of people helping you out, I know rewinding to two years ago, back when you were on Articat, your dad was super involved with your racing program. Is that still the case now that you're with Warner and on Skidoo? I, well, he definitely has less of a role. Like he was my full-time mechanic at uh, with Articat. Um, so we definitely had to, yeah, we definitely had a lot of work cut out for us, but uh, we made it work. But no, he's still definitely a heavy part of the program. Like I brought him up to Aurora a few of the days and yeah, he's also a good guy to have around because he's done his fair share of racing and, uh, you know, he can give me pointers or he's not scared to tell me, you know, when I suck. <laughs> so, no, it's pretty special. And, uh, yeah, and we just enjoy going to the track together. That's something that's super special to me. Now, what did your dad race again? Why do I have this, like, memory of, like, hearing once upon a time that he raced a sprint car, raced on dirt? Uh, no, he raced motocross growing up. Okay. Uh, he was actually a, a multi-time national champion, uh, amateur motocross. But um, then he also raced snowcross ooh, probably in his mid-30s, mid to late 30s, you know, just kinda, like for enjoyment. But um, from what I've heard, like he was a pretty decent rider. So, in fact, that's how I actually got into racing snowmobiles. Um, he still had some contacts with like my Coletti up at Articat and we were able to get a sled one year and yeah, go racing. And so let's talk about that. I know we, we probably touched on this in interviews at the track, but walk me through that. Like how you want, young were you and kind of walk me through the progression of your career up until you went pro. Okay. Well, I started very young racing dirt bikes, like age of three or four, but uh, I didn't start racing sleds until 14. And, um, 
so we were able to hop on a big sled right away. I think it was half throttle or something. But we kind of skipped the, the 120 in the, the transition stage. And, um, yeah, we I was, didn't really want to quit racing. I was racing dirt bikes during the summer. And, you know, I asked my dad, mom and dad, like, hey, what do you think if we race the, <laughs> race the snowmobile? And they, they were all on board with it. And so, yeah, we went and picked up a sled. And I literally think I, I raced like three days later at in Hill City, which is like 45 minutes from my house. And that was... That was interesting. I'll be honest, my first year racing sleds was, I was terrible. I was like a mid-pack junior rider at the regional races. <laughs> yeah. Man. So that's kind of where it all, all started. And then it, it kind of took off from there. Like the following year, I was able to get some good results. And then, yeah, I guess it just took off from there. And that's all she wrote. <laughs> well, and so once again, jumping around, this question just came to me. So, you know, back in... August or whenever it was that ISOC put the schedule out, we see that the season isn't starting until January. And I think the immediate reaction was, hey, more time to practice, more time to get the sleds together. But kind of what we've seen from some of our snow bike riders and our Polaris teams and, and some of the Articats is that like the sleds didn't arrive until a little bit later. So is it, would you still say it's kind of more practice time or are things just kind of on schedule as they would be a normal year? Uh, definitely have a little bit more time on the sled, which I'm all in favor of. Like, I think it takes a little bit, like, it, safety becomes kind of a factor in it. Like, um, when there's been years when we go to Duluth with, well, like 10 days on the sled. And so you're kind of <laughs> scramming or, you know, trying to cram everything you can in there and kind of come into Duluth a little bit unprepared. So I know this year for a lot of people, they're, definitely getting more time on the sled, which I think will translate to better and, and safer racing come round one. Mm -hmm. So the future of our sport, we want to see the sport of snowcross racing continue to grow and flourish. So what can we all be doing right now as the sport to continue to facilitate that? Well, honestly, I don't know. I think it, that's kind of a tough question. I think, I think all of us racers, uh, it, just ourselves personally should always be pushing each other to be to be better as as well as the manufacturers too to just keep pushing you know pushing harder bringing the sport to a higher level and then uh, uh riders ourselves too like the social media i'm terrible at social media i hate everything about it but unfortunately these days it's it's very important. So I think us riders, you know, definitely myself included, need to do a better job of uh, kind of promoting the sport, getting behind the scenes look, uh, looks at things. Because um, a lot of the stuff we do is pretty cool, and it's at a pretty high level. Like uh, with the training we do, the the testing we do, um, you know, the logistics of the team. So just kind of giving a, a more behind-the-scenes look, I think, could definitely help uh, spark some people's interest in the sport. In talking with a few of the other writers, you know, I had the chance to interview Kyle Bleen, who is our, our um, fan favorite. And one of the things he talks about is like how important it is for riders to be, you know, really welcoming, welcoming people into the trailer, sign autographs and stuff like that. And I know that's something you are very good at. How, talk about that dynamic on race weekends. Like how much does that motivate you or even to contrast that, how difficult can that be after you've had a bad heat race or a bad feature out on track? Oh, for sure. There's times where, you know, like less people in the trailer is better, like when it comes down to the series point. But like any time before like practice rounds or before like opening ceremonies, 
Um, yeah, you can always stop by the Warnet Rig, and I'll I'll give you a tour, or give you a poster, or whatever. But um, it is always cool when you see little guys running around, little girls, whatever you know, running around, and uh, you, you know when you let them in the trailer, they're just kind of in awe, you know, or you let them sit on the sled. That that's super cool to me. What's like the coolest compliment or thing a kid has said to you that just clicked with you? Like, oh my gosh, that was that was adorable, and it makes me, you know, it makes me feel like the big deal that I am. Like, what's the coolest compliment <laughs> you've received from a kid? Oh gosh, I don't know. There's been there's been a couple. There was a guy in New York, a little kid in New York, who was like putting together like a. He was really young. I want to say like eight or nine he was putting together like a youtube series or something and i just won the final in pro light i believe it was actually and he just came up he's like oh, that was so cool do you mind if we get a little footage for the uh the youtube it'd be interesting if i could find it now i don't know if he ever went anywhere with it but i'd say probably that's probably one of the, the coolest things oh man what an awesome feeling that has to be <laughs> yeah well, yeah, I know, like you had said, less people in the trailer is better, and it's definitely going to be weird this year. I haven't even heard what the rules are going to be as far as, like, pit passes for fans and how accessible you guys are going to be to them just with COVID-19. So, again, jumping around, I am absolutely awful today. Um, <laughs> so, like, obviously hitting the gym such an important part of your preseason training, but it sounds like in Minnesota everything's closing down again. So, I guess, what are you doing to compensate for that? Do you have, like, a private gym you go to, or how are you filling in with that portion of your training? Uh, yeah, the, the gym that I typically go to is definitely closed. Um, but luckily, I do have a, a full gym, like, at my house. So that definitely helps a lot. Honestly, I go to the gym just to work out with other people because working out by yourself sometimes, especially consecutively, just gets old. So... Uh, yeah, but it's been nice having my own gym right here at the house and, um, yeah, just kind of doing my own thing. And then I do, like, I live out in the country, too, so, you know, road biking is really easy. Your fat tire biking, whatever, running, like, uh, yeah, it's pretty easy to just take off any time of day. Yeah, I know like you said you like to work out with people. Like, even on a normal year when the gyms are open, are you just practicing with your teammates and close buddies or are, like, you – you and a number of the other athletes in the area working out together? Uh, no, I usually keep my training pretty separate uh, during the season. Like, I don't train with anybody that's, that I'm racing with, um, but I definitely do a lot of riding with, you know, other riders. Or, you know, if anybody's willing to just ride together at the practice track, that's, that's always good. Like, it's good to eat roost and, you know, have somebody chase you. And just for my own curiosity, too, like when you're up at the practice track, like how many people from your team are you bringing up with? Like how many of your mechanics? Is it usually just you and your dad? Who do you bring along? Uh, well, the start of the year, it was just my dad and I. But like today, there was um, two mechanics, crew chief, truck driver, and question guy. <laughs> so there was quite the, quite the crew there today. And typically, any testing days, you know, it's all hands on deck. Um, but I'd say a normal, typical day, like I'll just have one mechanic with me. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of kind of like your practice, practice days, what that looks like, heading into January, we have a very aggressive schedule, like back-to-back -back weekends a number of times a season, and you know how exhausting those are. So what does that make the average weekday schedule for you look like as far as practice? Like how, how often do you imagine you'll be hitting the track, that sort of thing? Uh, well, on back-to-back -back weekends, it... it 
at the most, I'll get one day on the sled, maybe like a Tuesday or something. But typically, you know, in years past, we've had, you know, a week off or two weeks off at some points. So this year is definitely going to be a little bit, you know, you're going to want to let yourself recover um, the best you can just between the rounds and stuff, especially with every how the rounds being close together like uh, you're going to want to stay healthy you're not going to want to go into a round you know beat up or whatever so i just say recovery is going to be almost more important than getting on the slide well friends that does it for this episode of the snowcross podcast presented by amsoil i hope you enjoyed hearing from dan benham from warner racing on the 221 skidoo looking forward to catching up with him all season long stay tuned we launch new episodes every other thursday at 6 p.m central at snowcross.com thanks for listening you are listening to the snowcross podcast presented by amsoil